everybody, and welcome to Stark Raven Mad, a Game of Thrones podcast. This is a pretty special episode. We haven't done a uh, kind of sit-down, fireside-ish, um, campfire chat uh, with anybody in a while, uh, but we're lucky enough to uh, to do that today and chat about Game of Thrones uh, going into Season 8, the final season, uh, with Trisha here. Trisha, hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, Thanks for uh, thanks for making some time in your busy schedule to uh, chat with Stark Raven Mad. You know what? There is always time to talk, Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you were just telling me uh, off air that you just recorded another podcast about this, right? Yeah. So I uh, I do kind of a Game of Thrones after show that is released both as a podcast and as a YouTube show with a couple good friends of mine on the interwebs, and we've been doing that for the last few seasons. Um, and yeah, it's a good time. So we just kind of do the after show is uh, usually about an hour long and we dissect every episode sure. and we have a nice combo of people who are exclusively show watchers and people who have the background of reading the books yeah. and just where our predictions are going to go. I, I feel like you can never talk about this show enough. They've done <laughs> such a wonderful job, yeah. uh, both in the books and in the series of building this world that we all just want to live there. I mean, kind of. We don't. We don't want to maybe die there, but we'd like to live there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, now, are you a strictly show watcher, a book reader, or are you, uh, you you touching both of those things? I started reading the books in college, and uh, not to give away how ancient I am, <laughs> but that was well before the television show was even a rumor of a thing as far as I knew. So um, I read the books and I read, I should say maybe the first three books before the show started and then started the show and then completed the series as I was able to do so. What about you, Mike? Did you read the books? Uh, I did not read the, uh, the books when I started doing this podcast. Uh, when I was getting started, just like with your podcast, you like having a mix of uh, your after show uh, kind of thing. You have a mix mm-hmm. of people uh, when I started, I was surrounded by people who read the books. Uh, so I was, it was important to me as a host, uh, having a show, to have somebody who couldn't even guess at what was, was, was coming, Some, where everything could be new to this particular person, that being you know me. And then we added a couple other people. So I hadn't read the books uh, until it was safe. Uh, by the people, you know, I was told by the people who I was doing the podcast with, they're like, okay, we are now past the point of anything in the books. Uh, so now you can go back and, uh, and start reading. So I'm actually, um, almost done A Feast for Crows, uh, the fourth fourth book. Yeah. Uh, and just to, just to say, if if you're kind of tipping off how ancient you are, you're also tipping off how ancient I am since we did go to school together. Uh, um, <laughs> way back, way back when, um, in the, um, the, the long night, I think it was, uh, in the yesteryears. <laughs> yes, of yeah. Course. yeah. Uh, what is it that you like about Game of Thrones? Oh man. Well, I've been a, a fantasy literature, uh, addict kind of from way back in the day. I played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, sure. uh, you know, read through all the monsters manuals, the player's handbooks. 
read a bunch of the Dragonlance novels okay. back in the day. Um, all of the Tolkien verse as much as I could get my hands on. Mm-hmm. And so Game of Thrones fit right in there for me. So I had other friends who were also into fantasy literature. And they said, oh, my God, have you read George R. R. Martin? You need to read George. So that's why I got started on the Game of Thrones books. Okay. And then, um, you know, I think like most of the fans of the series, when they announced there was going to be a TV show, we were all, um, you know, cautiously optimistic. But sure. you you never want to see your favorite series done wrong or ruined right. in any way for a class of people who may not have been exposed to it. But I really do love what the series is doing. I think both the television show and the books have value and their own strengths and weaknesses in their own right. Um, So I always encourage people to consume both as even different types of media um, or a different thing, because, yes, they have the same characters, Mm -hmm. the same overall storyline. But I really do think they're different enough beasts. Yeah, uh, I feel the same way. I, I want the I want them to be as different as possible. Um, because just it, it, for me, it just kind of expands the world, uh, and allows people to kind of almost in a way choose which form they, they enjoy most, um, as opposed to a lot of different things where you just have the one, uh, laid out canon sort of deal and, and that's it. Uh, here we have two that are pretty much sanctioned by the, um, by the author. Uh, so yeah, make them different. I kind of hope that, uh, Georgie does uh does some different stuff uh almost intentionally uh and the show challenges him to go down different roads uh he has said that i believe the the news is that way before the series started he had a conversation with the showrunners and said look this is how i want it all to end but let's mm-hmm. have the books and the series take a different road to get there yeah so i think we will get two different experiences yeah. even though they might end up at the same place yeah please um so you are active in uh, a lot of, uh, and I use this term with great affection, uh, nerd, geek kind of uh, culture. Um, <laughs> do you do any kind of cosplaying? I do, and I, I've actually cosplayed Daenerys um, back okay. in her Khaleesi Dothraki <laughs> days. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't do cosplay as my primary income source. I don't have a Patreon or anything like sure. that. Uh, so for those of you listening to this podcast that are unfamiliar with my work, I have built a career out of producing short form digital content mm-hmm. in the tech, gaming and kind of fandom culture spaces. So yeah. comics, superhero entertainment, uh, fandom entertainment mm-hmm. and gadget reviews, PC building, smartphones yeah. and a lot of video games and tabletop games. Yeah. Uh, what so, is, yeah, I think what most people would call the nerd geek space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is the um, the most uh, interesting, I guess, uh, Game of Thrones related thing that you've had the opportunity to be a part of? The most interesting thing I've had the opportunity to be a part of, and this wasn't even directly Game of Thrones related, so... I started, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I started working part-time as a magician's assistant to make ends <laughs> awesome. meet because yeah. it's the coolest. Um, and we were hired to perform at George R. R. Martin's theater in oh, Santa shit. Fe. Okay. He has a movie theater, but sometimes he has live performers in there as well. Um, so we did that a few Halloweens in a row, actually, where we would perform Halloween weekend at George's Theater. And every year we would go out to dinner with George as wow. part of our weekend there in Santa Fe. So I have actually had the opportunity to sit down and have dinner with George R. R. Martin. Oh, that which, is pretty awesome. 
is so cool. Yeah. yeah and pick his brain and, um, and, you know, see, get the book signed and in person mm-hmm. and kind of see his way of having people view it because he lets people see the episodes at his theater live. And yeah. it's just a very cool world. So that's been a really neat, like, oh, my yeah. God, I never thought this would happen kind of experience that yeah. I've gotten uh, to try out based on Game of Thrones. Um, how about you? Do you have any fun Game of Thrones memories that <laughs> you got to experience? Uh, not particularly, uh, in terms of like firsthand, I did not have dinner with George R. R. Martin. Um, I, I did not spend Sundays in the park with George. Um, <laughs> I, if I did, I'd probably be like, Hey, George, uh, love, love the dinner, uh, love the opportunity, but finish the book, <laughs> finish, so keep, keep writing. Um, uh, I'll cook. Uh, I'll do whatever I need to do, uh, but you can you can continue continue writing these these books. But I think for me, I think it's more just the opportunity to do this this podcast um, and talk to different people. Get because, like you said earlier, I can't talk enough about this show. Um, yeah, I just I just love uh, I love the world. I love theorizing uh, about what is what is going to happen, uh, which we'll get to in a moment when we talk about your. Uh, your top four stone cold locks of 2019 for season eight. Um, but, uh, there was one of the former members of the, of the podcast, um, Corinne Wells. Uh, she won a, uh, this is a few years ago now, maybe during season four or so, um, a Xfinity watchathon contest where she got to, uh, she was basically treated like a queen of Westeros. Um, where she got to visit these different uh, places and um, installations uh, and had, uh, like, seven-course meals. It was, it was a pretty neat, op- neat opportunity, which uh, I was quite That's jealous of. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, still still quite jealous of that. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, as far as um, other cool things, now nah, I think I just love doing this uh, doing this podcast. But um, the uh, I think one of the other things I'm looking forward to is just, like I was saying, just that... That book, and I do hope that it is... What is it? The Winds of Winter, I believe it's going to be titled? What, the next one? Yeah. Or the seventh one? Uh, the I think the, the seventh one is something about spring, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think um, you the, know what's so funny? I'm like, let's just finish the TV series, <laughs> and then I'll get back to the book. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Here, wait. I just did a quick a quicksy Google the winds of winter release date update news. Uh Let me skim and see if there's any update news. This is an article from one day ago. Um, It says George R. R. Martin has hinted that he is done with the book. Whoa. And uh, let's see. Um, Dun dun dun. uh, It says. Oh yeah, I think this is all clickbait. <laughs> yeah, I then, guess I guess he said on Twitter that he has a new official headshot, and so people are saying, "Oh my goodness, this means it's for the new book." Yeah, uh, I appreciate you trying to break some news on the podcast. Sorry, um, I'm trying for and you. And <laughs> also hope you did not get a virus uh, in the in the process. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty anti-virus and anti-malware. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, do you have a favorite character on the show? Do I have a favorite character? I mean, I'm very partial to Daenerys Targaryen, sure. as I think a lot of people yeah. are. But there are so many characters that I love on this show. Um, Sir Davos Seaworth, yeah, Tyrion Lannister, yeah. um, 
there's characters that I just absolutely love to hate. I mean, Cersei Lannister mm-hmm. is such a great character. And even though I wouldn't, I, it wouldn't be right to say I love Cersei. I kind of love watching how her stories unfolded. Yeah. Um, Sansa Stark's storyline. Yeah. It was really interesting as a book reader to know kind of where her storyline goes and what yeah. she's going to go through and how she's going to emerge mm-hmm. and see people watching the show being like, ugh, I hate Sans- right? Sansa. She's so whiny, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, you're like, just shut up and wait. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite character? Uh, Arya. Okay. Arya, Arya Stark, Arya Underfoot. Uh, my cat is named Arya. Um, nice. And she is, uh, she has house Stark colors. Um, She's uh she's pretty smart, and I sent her away to uh, train to be an assassin. So um, yeah, I was gonna say, is your cat also a homicidal maniac? <laughs> yeah, uh, she's. Uh, she, I would say she just misunderstood. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Arya is my um, my fave. Uh, although I am a uh, also a Davos fan. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, getting to see his uh, his survival instincts and just kind of going from person to person and uh, just serving as as he needs to. Um, and I, I do hope that he makes it out alive. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a straight arrow who has yet to be punished for that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this show does not necessarily reward, um, integrity, uh, as we, Agreed. as we know. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed, the Onion Knight survives. Um, now there is a, a lot of, a lot of death on this show. Uh, some mm-hmm. of it people look forward to, some of it people are surprised by. What was the most surprising death for you, and what would you say is the most satisfying death? Um, I think I'm probably with a lot of people that I would have to say the most surprising death for me uh, was the Red Wedding. Okay, yeah. When I read the books, I uh, was on a lunch break as I was reading that chapter. Yeah. My lunch break was rapidly ending, and I was like, no, must keep reading, because I just yeah. could not believe it. Yeah. Um, although maybe a lot of people would say Ned, because that's really yeah. the first time it for happens. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I would I would say those two are definitely up there yeah. for me. How about yourself? Uh, for the most surprising, yeah, The mm-hmm. Red Wedding, definitely, because at that time I had not uh, read the book, so I was experiencing that on, uh, on air. Um or as it aired, I should say. Uh, and, yeah, that definitely just took the wind right out of me. Um, not necessarily surprising death, but one that I think is the most devastating for me uh, to this point, uh, I would say is Oberyn uh, Martell. Really? Yeah. Okay, and why? Why is Oberyn your most devastating? Just because of... Uh, he was such... And I think a part of it comes from Pedro uh, Pascal's uh, performance. Uh, mm-hmm. He was just so captivating, so charming. Uh, he wasn't even in uh, more, but you know, but a handful of episodes, uh, but just made a lasting impression um, on me and uh, and the ground, I guess. Um, uh, and he had it. He had it won, uh, and it just um, he just got a little too cocky. Um, mm-hmm. So, and just the visuals of it, I think, also make it one of the more devastating. Um, deaths for me because uh, it wasn't it was just pretty getting, rough yeah it wasn't just getting stabbed it wasn't just getting shot with arrows it was gruesome and still to me one of the more gruesome deaths on the show uh so that's i for yeah i i, I agree with you it was pretty rough yeah uh what about satisfying? my most devastating death oh, sorry, was yeah. most definitely shireen baratheon oh yeah yeah stannis's daughter shireen uh-huh. because a 
especially now that I have made a tiny human, <laughs> I am extra sensitive to uh, bad things happening to children. Sure. Uh, but this was such a like she was such a wonderful light mm-hmm. in the series yeah. and such a, a true and honest and beautiful, innocent person. Yeah. That to have that happen to her in such a horrific way and. I mean, we saw the we saw the resulting aftermath that it yeah. didn't even work. Yeah, yeah, or at least like not... it was. It, everything about that was so horrific to me. I couldn't. I, I mean, I was definitely speechless. Yeah. Now, just to that point, uh, do you think that it just didn't work to the extent that they were hoping, or was this just a natural change in weather? Or at this point, the Lord of Light had was just like, all right, Stannis Manus. Oh, no, I think Melisandre misinterpreted the signs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of what she says is I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we could go back and kind of dis- dissect what her clues were, but I honestly don't think we got a lot of them. She just says I first I foresaw it in the flames. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was a, a huge whoopsie. Yeah. So when, uh, you know, in season seven, when yeah. Melisandre's like, hey, I'm going to get out of here before <laughs> yeah. Sir Davos sees me, that was a smart move. Yeah. Um, but Shireen's death was awful. And then the other one I would say that was super devastating to me is, um, uh, Rickon. Yeah. Yeah. We, we go also years awful. without him and then, yeah. 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 What about? It just, just, this show is full of horrendous death. Yeah. Uh, now to the other side, what about any that you were waiting for, uh, and satisfied with? Oh, I think all of us were showing up with a party hat on for Joffrey and Ramsay. Yeah. I feel like those are the two characters in the series that are not really layered with redeeming characteristics. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love so much about Game of Thrones, and I think what keeps us all coming back and so involved, is how complex the characters are. Characters that we see as villains suddenly start to have a redemption arc. and. Characters that we thought were so heroic start to do things that make them seem more like the villain. Right. And it's beautifully played, and it shows that there's two sides to war and all of that. But I I think throughout the series, we've only seen two that come to mind that are just straight-up evil, and that's Joffrey and Ramsay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, What about uh, Walder Frey? Uh, you know, I, I would even argue that Walder Frey is p- a pathetic figure <laughs> yeah. and is fueled by his own pathetic motives, <laughs> but you could find some redemption there and that mm-hmm. he's looking out for his own family. Okay. And maybe he's doing it for the betterment of his own family and uh, the progression of his line and his house getting respect that he felt like they were never owed. Sure. And I mean, technically, Rob did go back on his word. He did. You know, like, you you can find a little bit there for yeah. Walter Frey, mm-hmm. but I, I can't, there's not much to redeem Joffrey yeah. and Ramsay. Yeah, where, yeah, I mean, Ramsay is just all about Ramsay. Um, right. Yeah, oh, God. And those moments uh, in the end with, uh, with Roos uh, and then feeding uh, Lady Walda uh, mm-hmm. and um, Baby, the ba- new babe, um, yeah. to the dogs. Yeah. Oh, rough stuff. Um, rough stuff. What about one of your, and it's probably something that's already come up, uh, but one of your favorite moments from the series to date? Oh, man, there's been so many wonderful episodes. Um, 
I love the battle scenes. Sure. So there's so many, you know, like Hard Home and Battle of Blackwater mm-hmm. Bay and so yeah. many of those great epic fights. The Battle of the Bastards was beautifully fight choreographed. Um, and as much as I love the battle scenes, to me, the charm of the series is in the one-on-one political mastermind yeah. that's going on here and mm-hmm. the real playing of the game. So there is a scene, I believe it's in season one, between Varys and Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. Where they're, you know, they're talking, but they're hiding their true intention, but not really, and kind of letting each other in a little bit on what they've been doing. Yeah. And I think that for people who, you know, are experiencing this story for the first time, that's really a good moment to think, oh, we've just thought of these two characters as background characters. But really, they're kind of the two chess players yep. behind much of what we see going on. Yeah. So th- that, to me, is an absolutely just brilliant scene to mm-hmm. watch. Yeah. Um, when Daenerys emerges from the fire with her dragons at the end of season one. Sure. So good. Yeah. There, I mean, there is a lot to love about the way that the show has depicted some of these iconic moments from mm-hmm. the series, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now we're going into the final season, uh, season eight, uh, just six episodes, but, uh, pretty, pretty hefty episodes, uh, from what I understand in terms of, uh, length. Uh, so we're yeah, kind of, some of them are going to get up to 80 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so we're, even though there's only six episodes based on the way that other seasons have gone, we're, it's kind of seven, maybe even getting close to eight in terms of length. Um, so we can't complain too much. Um, but, of course, I would just want this show to continue on and on and on. Um, there will be prequels. Yes, there will. Yeah, the one covering uh, The Long Night, I think, right? I don't know that they said specifically what it's covering. The only information I could find on it was that Naomi Watts is in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great. All right. Um, so, on Stark Raven Mad, what we do is we have our predictions episode, which is always titled The Iron Bank of Bravos Presents The Stone Cold Locks of 2019. Uh, so, we pick four predictions, four locks, uh, which are graded on a scale, which we don't necessarily get into right here. Um, and we just kind of play along uh, throughout the season, and we always check in on who's, who's, doing, who's doing what, if anybody wins. I haven't won. I host the show. I created the the podcast. Uh, I've never won. I've never even come close. Um, <laughs> okay. Because, because my my predictions are always very involved. Uh, this happens and this happens, and then you have other people in the podcast, like Rob, uh, who does the podcast, where he's like, uh, "Baelish will survive a brush with death," uh, and it's like, come, <laughs> come on. Uh, so I want to hear what you got. Uh, what is uh, let, let's start with one of your one of your predictions. What do you see happening in season eight? Okay, um, let's see. Well, I think that Daenerys is pregnant. Okay, they have not said that explicitly, no. but I feel like that's where they're going with that. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, a witch told her that she couldn't have kids. So, I mean, that did happen. <laughs> that definitely did happen. <laughs> Uh, but no, I think that Daenerys is pregnant with John's baby. Um, yeah. so I think that we're going to see that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that what Arya you... will cross off at least one more name from her list. Sure. Uh, to the, to the first one. Uh, yep. what do you think that means for the world that she has, that they, that they have a kid? 
I think that the prophecy of ice and fire is coming true. Okay. With this child. Okay. Um, I mean, we, we know that Targaryen family history, they have no problem with intermarrying within right. their family. For so sure. while I, I, I mean, another one of my locks is that John will figure out who his parents are. Mm-hmm. Um, while that moment will be awkward, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think ultimately the Targaryens don't mind marrying yeah. each other. So They'll that's totally it. cool. Yeah. Uh, and you were saying, what was the one with Arya? Uh, that Arya will cross at least one more name off her list. Okay. Any guess as to who? Mm, I think it would be really interesting if it was the Hound. Oh, shit. Mm. Yeah. I... But I think that's definitely... So the people, just so we can like kind of go back, the people who are still on her list, according to the series, because the series and the books have different lists, but uh, the people still on her list in the series are the Hound, Cersei, mm. the Mountain, Ilan Payne, Melisandre, and Beric Dondarrion. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think the most interesting story would be if it was the Hound. Yeah, and we haven't seen pain in seasons. Right. Um, uh, Barrick's still out there. Uh, I don't see that being Barrick's there. with John. He's yeah. part of the Magnificent Seven. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I for for my money, I would because my one of my predictions is that, uh, uh, and I've been saying this for several seasons now uh, that Arya will kill Cersei. But she'll be doing it wearing Jamie's face. Um, oh, that's interesting because I was going to say, don't you think it would be great if Jamie killed Cersei? But I like your prediction. You kind of get both. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, so she takes the, gets the name off the list. And there's like the, the general book prophecy things that can kind of play into that, that this show can have a little, little fun with. Um, yeah. So there's, I like that. There's that. Um, and two more. What do you got? Um, I think that we will find out that Bran is behind a bunch of it. Not uh, necessarily the full Bran is the Night King theory. Yeah. But that Bran traveling through time and affecting the timeline is what led us to how we got here now. Yeah. Um, I think that we will find out that for sure. And my prediction of one of the ways that's going to come out is uh, how we know Mad King Eris would say burn them burn them all yeah. i think that may be bran in his ear telling him how to get rid of the whites yeah and he misinterpreted it because bran as we know is not so great at what he tries <laughs> to do and uh, has already caused one character to go crazy yeah it would it would make sense that mm-hmm. that could happen again yeah for sure so i think that's definitely happening too yeah um yeah i, I could see that for sure a, a few seasons ago i i had said something uh, I can't remember the, the, cause it was one of like one of my very long involved, uh, not even close to panning out theories. Um, and that was basically that the series would kind of end with Bran going to that tree, uh, crawling up to that, that tree where the three eyed Raven, uh, where we first met them, uh, him, uh, and that's kind of how the series ends basically with the beginning, um, where he is just now the three-eyed raven, uh, as we've seen. And uh, the three-eyed raven that we saw was Bran. Um, was just an older version of Bran, if that makes sense. Yes, it yeah. totally does. Yeah, so I could see that uh, kind of happening. Because they had, like, you know, similar haircuts. Um, and uh, he kind of, the three-eyed raven kind of knew some things that, that Bran didn't seem to uh, even know himself. Um, 
Like he, you know, when he, he touched you, uh, I don't know. He did. Yes, he did. He touched you. Um, so yeah, I think maybe that, that was Bran. I don't know. Weird stuff. Uh, and there was, um, one more. Uh, this is going to be my out there one. Okay. So the three I listed are things that I think are going to happen, but my really out there one is I have long been a fan of the Tyrion Lannister being a secret Targaryen theory. Me too. Um, and I know that people say that that's debunked now, um, but I don't think that it is. How I think is it, that is definitely is still a possibility. How are people saying um, it's been debunked? Because I guess he made an offhand comment at uh, – Peter Dinklage made an offhand comment at an awards show that people thought alluded to the fact that Jamie was his half-brother. And then he went on a talk show and clarified that that's not what he meant and that's not the answer at all. Um, but, I mean, does Peter Dinklage even know if that's yeah. the case? yeah. So I think that's still potentially a thing. I mean, we've got lots of Tywin Lannister saying, you are no son of mine. Um, We we have a lot to believe that that could happen. I believe there's more evidence to support that that could be a case in the books than there is in the series. But the first time Tyrion meets the dragons, they don't attack him, as we saw them do with other people. And there are... Well, there were, I will say, three dragons, and then you would think three dragon riders. So if mm-hmm. we're talking about Daenerys, John, who would be the third. Right. Now, maybe that's all out the window now that Viserion is an ice dragon, yeah. but I still like to believe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you said you like that theory as well? I love it. Yeah. It wasn't one of uh, one of my top four that I submitted, uh, but I um, uh, have talked about it on the podcast before that I uh, 100% believe that... Uh, Tyrion is a uh, unknown Targaryen, uh, and mm-hmm. for people that are unfamiliar with with that, who may be listening, and that that goes back to Ares the Second and uh, Joanna, uh, who was Tywin's wife, uh, possibly having a secret, consensual or possibly non consensual uh, encounter, uh, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> Tyrion coming through that. Uh, and there's even a case for it in the the thing that kind of convinced me was listening to the World of Ice and Fire book where they're going through the lineage of all of the Lannisters and saying they have all been pristine and nothing's wrong, and then going through the lineage of all of the Targaryens and talking about all of the, um, you know, died-at-birth sort of things, uh, all the different deformities and, you know, died within, you know, a couple of years. Um, so, yeah, it does. Tyrion does not quite add up to Lannister based on the information that's been provided. I agree. So, yeah, I am, I'm 100% with you on that one. Um, that could also be something that if we don't see it happen in the series, could potentially happen in the books later yeah. on. Yeah, there's definitely some things that they may not see beneficial or necessary to the story that they're trying to uh, to tell. Um, you know, we, we didn't get any Lady Stoneheart, although there's still a possibility that we, we see something in, in Season 8. Uh, That's true. And the other one that makes me more angry than anything is that they changed Tyrion's backstory. What, what was uh, what, what was changed? Uh, the Taisha story. And I don't oh, want to yeah. say much more about yeah. it because, again, it might be revealed in season eight. And yeah. I know when I read the books, that was such an eye-opening yeah. moment for me yeah. as to Tyrion's personality and such a motivator for him moving forward into the next seasons that when they changed that uh in the in the show it made me very upset <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that we might see some stoneheart i'm hoping that we might get the taisha story yeah. uh, but we'll see 
Yeah, I feel like if we see Stoneheart, it's going to be in a kind of... Um, uh, because if, if we're, we're getting the Battle of Winterfell, and if that Night King makes his way down and starts bringing people back, that's the way I think that we'll get some... We'll, we'll see some almost a Seinfeld, a zombie Seinfeld finale of, uh, of cameos, uh, coming, coming through those crypts. Uh, Ooh, that might happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of mine, which I want to get your take on, uh, before we begin to wrap up here, uh, is, uh, you mentioned Melisandre, uh, how she was leaving before she was, um, killed basically by Davos. <laughs> yeah. uh, she says that she is leaving, but that she will return and she will die here. Um, and one of my top four predictions was that Melisandre is leaving and she is going to return with other red priests slash priestesses. Um, and that they will play a part in, uh, they will, they will play a part in doing something big. Uh, you know, that could be anything. I didn't predict what that thing was going to be, but it could be something like bringing Viserion back to the land of the living. Um, uh, something along those lines. It could be just conjuring some sort of huge fireball that takes out a whole bunch of, of whites. Um, but I see them kind of, uh, coming back because you have, um, Melisandre, you have the introduction of, uh, Kinvara, in season six, uh, and they kind of, sh- they show different red priests throughout the, mm-hmm. um, uh, Dragon's Bay or Bay of Dragons, I think it's called now, um, where they've kind of introduced these people that are out there. Uh, and it's one of the different pockets of possibilities that are there in a, um, Rohirrim sort of, uh, arrival possibility. Um, so there's, yeah, could be a, a mini army of, uh, red priests out there. That, that, yeah, that I think that's a very fair prediction. Um, I mean, we've also seen Thoris of Myrrh brings uh, Beric Dondarrion back five times. Yeah. Um, and he also worships there. the Lord of Light. So yeah. we know that the the worshippers or the priests of this god obviously have some kind of power that's very real. I mean, when Melisandre gives birth to the shadow baby, you're like, oh yeah. man, this is not parlor tricks. Yeah. So I don't know if this god is the god of Westeros and the Seven Kingdoms, um, or just one of the gods who wields power here, but not to be trifled with. Um, And I think, yes, when we're dealing with, you know, a song of ice and fire, having Melisandre come back with an army of red priests and priestesses is a solid prediction moving into this big battle we're about to have with the Night King. Yeah. Uh, One of my safest predictions is that Jura, Sir Jura Mormont, will mm-hmm. will die uh in the act of protecting Daenerys. Of course. I think I think you are spot on right there. Yeah. Uh, uh just I don't, I don't see that happening any other any other way. I don't see him just being like an off-screen death. Uh, I think that that's all what we're building up toward is just him basically in a movie-like way jumping in no <laughs> kind of uh yeah. way of an arrow or something. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think that would be a, a good ending to Sir Jorah Mormont's story. Yeah. Any other things that are hanging out there for you? Any other um, uh, uh, season eight things you'd like to see? Um, you know, be it ice spiders or uh, <laughs> a, an arrival of uh, giants we didn't know were still out there. I would love to see more specific more specificity 
to Bran's time traveling powers. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get it to be fair, but I would love to see that because otherwise we're in this time travel induced loophole that so many stories get stuck in. And, um, you know, a lot of us feel like it's very much a deus ex machina ending and it's kind of lazy writing and it's Mm -hmm. the easy way out. So I would love to see them really hone down what he is capable of and not capable of to make that feel a little less of a cheap shot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the last question I have for you is, uh, as far as Game of Thrones related, who, if anyone, do you see winning the Game of Thrones? John and Danny's baby. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cool. Um, I think that's going to be our successor to the throne. Um, uh, either that or... Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen will rule together. They'll get married and rule together. Yeah. Or one of them will die in this season and the yeah. other one will rule. Yeah. Uh, my. But I don't think we're going to get a, like, random Samuel Tarly <laughs> on the throne. Like, I don't yeah. think we're going to get one from left field like that. I think, I think yeah. most of us know where we're going. However, yeah. this series is amazing at left fielding us at the last second. So what yeah. do we know? Yeah, we could get uh, King Hot Pie first of his name. Totally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I feel like uh, Daenerys, uh, I know you love her, but I, I don't think she's going to survive the season. Uh, okay. I think that she's gone. Um, I do think that there's a, there's a baby. Um, I think that John gives the rule to Sansa. Um, and I had actually, just to be a uh, full disclosure, uh, I, one of my locks, uh, as far as the throne goes was John, that John would get the iron throne. But I've since on the podcast have gone back and said, even though I can't exchange that lock, I do want to go on record and say that if I could, Sansa is going to sit on the Iron Throne. Uh, and That would be a really cool move if that happens. Well, the, the reason for that, uh, in my opinion, is that John doesn't... He's said so many times he doesn't want this. He doesn't want the rule. Yeah. Uh, whereas Sansa, more than anybody in this show, has been groomed uh, both for the positive and the negative side of ruling by uh, more than anybody. Uh, she has been in... She's been under uh, Ned... Catelyn, uh, Cersei, Tywin, Joffrey, Ramsay, Roos, Olena. She's uh, Peter Baelish. Littlefinger. Uh, little, yeah, Baelish, uh, Varys. Um, yeah, there's just so many people uh, that she has come in contact with and has been around and stayed with and learned from, uh, just kind of absorbing all of these things in order to survive, that nobody is more prepared to lead I think than than Sansa is. Um, whether or not that happens that way, you know, who knows. Um, but just from a storytelling arc kind of standpoint, it does make sense to me that Sansa has um, the possibility of uh, a strong possibility of ending up there. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, I would be happy with that ending. Sure. Um, All right. Uh, Well, that'll do it for any kind of Game of Thrones related discussions. We'll wrap it up here. Uh, Is there anything else that you're watching right now that you that you enjoy? Oh, man. Um, 
What am I watching right now that I enjoy? What series did I just wrap up? I, to be fair, since I made a tiny human, I don't get to watch a lot of television. So I have to like carve out time for the things that I specifically want to watch. Sure. Um, Handmaid's Tale, I thought was excellent. Um, yeah. What else? And I know I'm missing something big that I recently just finished and I can't think of it right now. Oh, um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Really good. Very funny writing, really good performances. Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. And I finally just got a chance to see both Into the Spider-Verse and Captain Marvel. Yeah. Both excellent. Yeah. Highly recommend. Yeah. Into the Spider-Verse um, was one of my favorite superhero movies um, of any of any studio. Uh, it, and, of uh, all time. Yeah. It was just so good. So oh, my God. Good. I cried so many times yeah. watching that movie. I just saw Shazam today also, which I highly recommend. I have heard that, but I feel like if I have to choose between that and Endgame, I gotta carve out the time <laughs> yeah. for Endgame and yeah. wait on Shazam. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I also haven't seen Aquaman yet. That's I, I have to pick and choose. <laughs> yeah, Aquaman's fun. Uh, Shazam is just pure joy. Uh, it is. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed that movie. Um, cool. Okay. Well, I like Zach Levi a lot, so I'm excited to see that. All right. Uh, now to wrap up, where uh, you kind of mentioned this a little bit already, but where can people find you uh, in terms of the internet's uh, doing things? So people people can find me personally on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at that grl trish. So it's like that girl trish, except for there's no I in the girl. Mm-hmm. That grl trish. Or if you want, if you're on YouTube slash Trisha Hirschberger, or if you're on Twitch, if you like to watch video game stuff slash Trisha Hirschberger. Um, and then I currently host tech shows for Newegg.com. If mm-hmm. you ever buy PC components or any of your electronic gadgets there and for Kingston technology. And then I currently host a video game show for Geek and Sundry and Nerdist. So I'm kind of all over the interwebs in a lot of different places, but I would say, the easiest way to find me and everything that I'm up to is by following me on social um, and on my YouTube channel. I try to playlist anything else that I'm doing, Any anything else being. I also run a YouTube channel called Nerds with Kids with a couple mm-hmm. good friends of mine. Nice. If you know Laser Corn from Smosh Games or mm-hmm. Ivan Van Norman from Geek and Sundry, the three okay. of us do that channel together, and mm-hmm. that's a good time. And then, um, yeah, this Game of Thrones after show coming up that I'm doing with a newly launched channel called Might Be Social. It's a spinoff from Life Noggin's YouTube channel, and it involves good friends of mine, DJ Wooldridge and Sam Basher. So you may have seen them on the Internet as well. So, yeah, I I try to be involved in lots of different things. Great. Uh, And for Mm. anybody else listening, uh, you can find this podcast and other podcasts at watercooler.com. That's W-O-O-D-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-R.com. And it's water because that's how people in Philly say water. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And you can check out Starcrave and Mad, Game of Thrones podcast, Killing Eve um, podcast. We do call it Eavesdropping, which season two. Uh, You had said you don't watch it, Trish. Uh, I know uh, you got that tiny human. But if there's another show you're looking to watch, I highly suggest Killing Eve. What show is that? Killing Eve. Killing Eve. All right. Yeah, Yeah, I have not had the chance yet. It is fantastic. Um, Great. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we can do a um, a quick check in after after the season. See how we did with uh, with some locks. Get your thoughts on that. Uh, I love that. But for now, Trish, thank you. uh, Thank you so much for giving us the time. Uh, And have a good night. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thanks.